so Hottie and I never know how to start our podcast. We just <laughs> awkwardly look at each other like, who's about we to always, start? We always do that. Yeah. Literally. Like, let's look at each other and like, okay, you're going to take this are one? Are you? Uh, which are, uh, no, no, you're going to take uh, this one, right? Uh, okay, I'm taking <laughs> this one. Welcome, guys. This is Two Peas in a Pod, episode 16. I am your host, Latifah. And this is Hottie Kaser. Woo, woo, woo. It's your favorite duo, obviously. Uh, 100%. But before we continue, you already know what time it is. Cue the music, please. fucking cold up in here yo this mic is cold this mic itself is cold can you explain to the people what's going on oh guys we're at our favorite spot remember oh, the fight <laughs> 10 for, episodes we'll back the fight. 10 episodes back Jeez. of when i almost punched a dude yup yup we're back at our favorite spot in this dinky ass library <laughs> looking ass ugly ass i walk in and someone had the audacity to just Completely leave the window open. They're like, you know what? Let's just keep this at negative 20. Why not? Why not? Why not? So I walk in. I'm like, okay, this is great. This is a great place to be at. Great memories. So it's freezing in here. Mm-hmm. Absolutely freezing. Yep. We have our jackets on. Yep. Uh, probably would need more jackets, to be honest. But um, it just goes to show how many great memories we've had. Honestly, this, this <laughs> library just continues <laughs> to provide better. It just better, better and better memories. Bro, man. But yeah, it's freezing cold. Um, it's gotten really, really cold in the past week in Toronto. Oh yeah. Um, it's like unbearable Makes at this no point. I'm just like, literally, I like have a screw face because I'm like, what did yeah. I do to yeah. deserve this? Yeah. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, I walked out. Like, you know what? I realized as well. Like, whenever I used to like walk down the street and people are just like upset, like old mm, people, mm. and I'm like, man, what's wrong, man? Like, you you had a bad life. Like, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. I'm. I've became. <laughs> I've become one of those. Like I'm walking down, I'm like, "Don't get the, get off of me! Don't touch me! Don't come near my vicinity!" Literally, it's because of the cold. Man. It is. It makes you super, like just like on edge. On edge, you know I mean? rude. Like sometimes I'm just like I want to punch someone just to get warm. <laughs> Yo, like, I want to get my hands warm. <laughs> Did by you just you wait? <laughs> 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 Can we just take a moment? This guy said, I want to punch somebody just to get warm. To You're get warm. that cold? First of all, that's bars. That is bars? I but do yeah. rate that. But yeah. like, wow. Dude, anything to get warm at, th- at this point right I now. I understand the fighting part. I don't yeah. know what it is about the cold. Like, I thought heat would do that, right? Heat might do. Uh, honestly, both extremes. <laughs> Sometimes when I'm like really hot, I just <laughs> fucking rip my clothes off and like get naked. You want to run around. Honestly. And when it's the cold, I just want to be in a blanket and don't touch me. Or someone's getting slapped. Someone's gonna gonna be rude back. <laughs> it's one or the other. It's just both extremes. Oh my god! I just want a normal temperature, man. Yo, I honestly, I agree. global warming needs to come faster. Oh, the shade. Please don't wish that on us. No, no, no. no um, not. you just want to be in a country that has the same temperature all year round, which is Fast. about like twenty degrees Celsius. Bruh. 
between 15 to 20 Yo. is perfect, right? Yo. Not too cold, not, not too, too hot. hot. You can still wear like a life jacket. West Coast, man. Trust me, man. We got to move to the West Coast. I think that's my problem. Mm. I've only been in Toronto for like a year and a half. Wait. Was Vancouver as cold here? As not at all. Oh, really? Not at all. It doesn't It doesn't get as cold as this. Damn. Um, if anything, it gets to like max negative. I would say the worst it would get is like negative 10. Even then, it's not that cold. Um, not as bad as Toronto. Toronto is another. Yeah, Toronto is absolutely fun. I find ways not to leave the house. I think, like, that's literally the Yo, motive. they need to create the path everywhere. Yeah. I love the path I agree. when I'm downtown. I agree. I'm like, I would live there. Yo, there's the entire world. I was thinking about this when I was walking down the path. I was like, do you realize how big the path is? I didn't go to the path till this, like, the beginning of this what? year. Yeah, I was introduced to it. I didn't know Dude, about it. Dude, it is massive. I know. It, it, I don't know. I, I still don't know how big it is. It's quite. It goes from like Union all the Ian way to, like, Center to Union, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. That's, like. 20 blocks. I know. A whole world lives underneath us. It's basically, what was that? Us? This is, no, us, right? Us? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's actually wild. Yeah. That's actually wild. Man. Pretty much. <laughs> Just food for thought. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, being cold, um, as we all know, it is Black History Month. Yep. Uh, shout out to our folks. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something that I wanted to talk about. Which is obviously like Black History Month, which is a great month to showcase a lot of people, um, black folks who are doing things in the community or doing things in certain industries and highlighting that. However, um, a friend of mine and I were talking about this, about panel talks, and this is like a great season. A lot, I mean, panel talks in general. Um, and I mean, panel talks a while, maybe two, three years ago were great because mm-hmm. you just come in and you'd hear someone talk about the industry that they're working in or right. how they got to where they were. Then there's like Q&A, which is great, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But in cases of making change in society or making change in certain industries, like for example, like diversity and inclusion, which tends to be a lot of uh, the hot topic in a lot of panel yeah. talks. Yeah. That's great. You're talking about it, but what are we doing to make change, right? Like, are panel talks even useful if these people are, A, maybe just getting some time, like, airtime to talk about themselves and their brand and get more people to know about them? Yep. Or are they actually doing something about it or about whatever they're talking about? It's it's so interesting because... (coughs) So so let's put it this way. Like, do you think the panel talks are designed so people can share how others, like people in the audience, can make a change? Or do you think it's more of like, this is what I think diversity and inclusion should look like in a company. Go ahead and do it. Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? Is that I, that's why generally, like last year I went to one, which was, again, about diversity and inclusion. And yeah. it was a mixed panel. There was like one white woman and then the rest were all black folks. Right. And... um. They're talking about, yeah, there's like a lack of this and a lack of that. And yeah, it's pretty evident there's a lack of that. For sure. And also the people who were in the room were all black folks. So you don't really need to tell them about diversity yep, inclusion, right? Yep. So the conversation isn't really going anywhere. There's not much change yep. happening That's because so you're talking to the people who already go through it. Yep. Right? So with these panel talks, it's great. You're inviting the people of your community, but those are not the people that be doing the hand, like yeah. the groundwork. Yeah. It's mainly white folks who are the head of these companies or the head of these industries that should be doing the groundwork about diversity and inclusion, yeah, right? I agree. So panel talks that include 
people of color, that's great. You see people of color who are doing things in certain industries or doing things to change our society, but that's not really the folks that no, can I make the change, yeah. you know? It's so interesting you say that because you're <laughs> right. Like Most of the times when there's any type of conversation surrounding minorities, when you look at the audience, it's always the minorities. Yeah. And we're addressing how, let's say, these minorities are marginalized. Mm -hmm. And the audience members are like, yeah, I go through this. Yeah. I'm really here to show my support, yeah. which is great. But the messaging that you're trying to portray as a panel member um, should be directed to the people that are marginalized. Exactly. People, but those people aren't the there to listen. Exactly. Right? Or they're not either invited or yeah. they don't even want to come themselves because yeah. they don't might feel like the space is not a, like welcoming. For sure. Um, so it's just like, what are we really doing yeah. to make a change? Like you can talk all the talk. Yeah. I think it's also like, well, there's two ways to look at it. I think maybe one is um, it's informing the people that are marginalized to stand up and how you can make a mm. change within your community as mm -hmm. an example or your company whatever it may be because it does start within right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but the second thing i think would be more useful as a panel talk is like you invite all white people yeah all white people that have actually made the effort to mm -hmm. um include and you know have a diverse group of people that work at their company but it should be all white people mm. um that way you can then address even members that are marginalized because if the the panelists are all white, they can be like, look, we're still trying to make a change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and the messaging could be at the end, hey, if you feel like in your community you're not being representative, you can always come work for mm -hmm. us. Like it goes both ways because mm -hmm. you, your agenda is being met mm -hmm. as a panelist because mm -hmm. like everyone has an agenda. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like still, even if it's a diversity inclusion panel, like everyone has an agenda. Yeah. No matter what you're mm -hmm, doing, you're mm -hmm. selling yourself, you're mm -hmm. selling your company. Mm -hmm. So that could be a win-win for both parties, right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's so interesting. I still think like, do you think though, if let's say, you know, a, a white CEO that's not aware of certain things that are going on in his company or mm -hmm. her company, do you think it's the person that's marginalized to speak up or the person that's on top to make sure everyone is like, you know, like feeling like they're included. Mm. Like I whose responsibility is it at that point? <coughs> I go, I feel like it's both ways. There's not responsibility, but the marginalized person should obviously speak up. Right. And as somebody who basically represents your company, as a CEO, you should hear them out sure. and say, what can I do to make things better and make you feel more welcomed? Yeah. Right. Because there are a lot of people who don't feel comfortable in the spaces that they work. Like, that they might have to talk a different way, dress a different way, For act sure. a different way, right? Yeah. And it's tiring to go into work with one mask and then take it off and then be another person. Right, right. You know, you want to feel like I'm fully accepted for who I am. Yeah. So, it is definitely the CEO's job or the company's... Culture, basically. Culture to, to invite, ex invite yeah. and accept these people. For so sure. that more people are willing to be like... Oh, if this person of my color or of my culture feels accepted there, then I'm more likely to go into there and like want to yeah, work there. For sure. Um, but yeah, it's a tricky one because it's all talk and like that's an ideal world we'd love to live in. But with not a lot of but action. But not a lot of action and that really happens. Do you think like, because <coughs> for myself, I'll be honest, like personally, I have never seen maybe I have passively, but I've never like really thought about it. Like mm. I haven't been at a company where I felt like I wasn't included, mm -hmm. but do you feel like you've, do you ever felt that where you've been part of a company and you felt like I, I, I don't feel included. I don't feel like 
number one, this company's diverse enough or anything like that? Yeah, there's like spaces where I don't feel like in my current company, I'm the only female that works there. Oh, really? Um, and which is great. <laughs> awesome. But I'm I'm always talked over. I'm never heard. Um yeah, it's just little things where I just feel like, oh, okay, these people really don't give a shit about what I say or what I, um, things that I might suggest about their company, what they right. can do better. Yeah. Um, so in spaces like that, or even like <coughs> just little things where it's, it's very micro where like even uh, like before in retail about like just how you might dress or mm -hmm. like your hair. Or hair is probably a big one. Hair is a big one. Um, and just like people who sometimes like touch your hair without even Bruh. asking, I'm like, bro, why are your dirty hands in my hair? <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's very minor, um, and you kind of like brush it off. But there are cases where again, some black folks might not feel comfortable in certain spaces. For sure, you know. But it's interesting because then at our at our company, um, we basically have like this. Um, it's called Speak Up, and it's basically like a um, anonymous. Uh, post where mm. you can post certain things about the company for example mm -hmm. and then like actually ceos address it during like uh, our town halls oh nice so there was one where uh, a, a certain individual said that there's not enough black people at the company mm. and it was so interesting because most companies I, I i i would say is like they might ignore that comment mm. or try to brush it off mm. um but it was so interesting because in like the town hall, they actually brought it up. Mm -hmm. They're like, hey, this person and this individual brought it up and they owned up to it. They're like, we're not perfect. Mm. We'll be the first to say, but we really do care about diversity inclusion. Mm. We try our best to include as many ethnicities as possible. Um, and he was like, you know, the CEO was like, we invite people to say s like things like this mm. because and he said it like I'm a white person. I'm at the top of the chain. Mm. I don't always see um, certain things that other people may see at mm -hmm. the company. And he's like, this allows me to see what are certain changes that we can make. So to that point, yeah. Even though that person go didn't go like, yeah, we're gonna hire like bunch of diverse people next mm. month. At least they were able to address that. Yes, it's an issue. Mm -hmm. We're not perfect, mm -hmm. but. We're making sure that we can do everything we can to get to that point. Yeah. And I think that's really the starting point, right? It is. And I think, it, uh, I like, personally, I think it goes a lot deeper because it's <coughs> one thing to hire more people, but it's, like, also finding those people, right? A that's lot of so it is, yeah. like, what programs do certain, and I'm speaking on, like, black folks, what programs do you see them in? So true. You know, um, what programs do we push them to do? are we like kind of not influencing but also suggesting hey you should try this even though it's predominantly this race yeah. right like yeah. don't feel like you can't do it type of For thing sure. right so it all comes down from like when you're younger in high school too in the education system yeah which i feel sometimes it does fail um black folks yeah um but yeah, it's it's quite it's quite hard because I know there's a couple of friends who go to they go they're part of like diversity inclusion of their company and mm -hmm. they have to go put on face at you know um, university fairs and like yeah representation <laughs> and then like half the comp like only one percent of the company yeah. are black folks yeah yeah right so yeah. they they're like is it just is like honestly diversity inclusion just 
a hot word to say like oh we have that we have that yeah, you know yeah. but diversity is only like one percent percent yeah yeah it's interesting because like especially in today's day and age where um these types of conversations are very sensitive mm. um in an era where we try to include everyone and every mm-hmm. you know individual it's it's so interesting because i think most companies do that it's mm. like hey we preach it or actually they're like hey yeah, they'll say like we preach it, like we we have a huge, diverse group at our company, but really they're not practicing no. it, even though they might be saying they have mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think it's going to take a very long time to get there. For sure, it's definitely not going to be overnight. For sure, um, I think there's definitely like improvements, but it could be always better, mm. just like anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think it's because, like, it's so rooted. Um, it's like it goes way beyond just like not being able to well, I'll give an example like engineers mm. at, let's say at a company right like software engineers mm-hmm. um, predominantly if you don't find you won't find a lot of black software engineers mm. um, but then you go back and you're trying to understand like well why is that mm. right well when you go back and try to understand well it started from the day they were born they mm. didn't have the same chances mm. as let's say I'm not I'm not trying to generalize but if we're just speaking for the sake of speaking, mm. let's compare that to a white individual. Mm. The white individual will have a better chance. They could be <coughs> born in the same environment, mm-hmm. but y- that white individual will be better off than that black individual. Yeah. And that's really what it comes down mm. to, right? If a black individual individual was born in a wealthy neighborhood or whatnot, mm. be well off. Mm. Be probably a CEO at a company. Mm. But it's just like where you're surrounded, where you're brought up. Yeah. Really you know plays a key role yeah, yeah. Man, it puts you at a place where you can't thrive in a society like this mm. especially because when you're growing up in a place where all you're trying to do is survive yeah you can't think about your future in a mm. way. you're literally like okay well i gotta sell drugs to feed my family i gotta mm. sell drugs to feed my kids mm. um and you're always always in a situation where you can never think about your future you can never think about education long term like saving up for a house saving up for anything because you're always thinking about, well, I'm in, in such a rut right now. All I'm trying to do is survive. Yeah. Um, and you always, re- re- you know, revert back to things that are illegal at some points, right? Well, I mean, not not all. Let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Yeah. Generally speaking, like if you're in a very poor background, you're gonna do things that. Of course, to no, survive. Yeah, yeah, to survive. Like mm-hmm. at the end of the day, I'm not saying every black mm. individual mm. is doing this of mm. course not mm. but i'm saying like any individual mm-hmm. could be white black mm. uh, any individual that's in a situation where they're being brought up in a very poor neighborhood mm. they're gonna n- not have any chance if you're able to give them any opportunity you they might thrive as well but yeah like just will never get that opportunity. that's true that's crazy that you mentioned that because there's a book called the outliers that mm. i read called by malcolm gladwell and it's pretty much a book about how people are set up in life to succeed more than other people. And he mentioned a really good thing about like middle-class families and um, upper-class families, like wealthy families. And he said, um, and like that part really stuck to me the most was he said like in a wealthy family, their daughter or son could be playing the piano and singing around in the house. And they'd be like, oh, you like to do that? I'm going to put you in this class. Right. Right? Because they have the time mm-hmm. and the money to do that. Yeah. Whereas a middle class family or a lower income class family will say, oh, it's just a, it's a hobby of theirs. I'm not going to really invest yeah. the time to do that. 100%. Whereas wealthy kids have the time to go horseback riding, yep. have extra tutoring, go swimming, 
do baseball, whatever it is, and practice those skills and potentially move further with whatever area that their parents invested in them in in them sorry yeah whereas lower lower class families don't have the time to because maybe parents are working two jobs exactly or one it's just a one parent household and you're just there like i was reading and i'm like that actually sucks yeah dude. like that just that's a proven point of people are actually set up to succeed in life a lot more than other people yeah it's the sad reality in life and it really goes back to like what i was saying where Excuse me. Where it's because it's that mindset that, for example, like our parents are one example of that. Mm. They were just surviving. Yep, yeah, for sure. Literally just surviving to make sure that our their kids were fed, Mm -hmm. their kids went to a good school, and you know, like I was able to go to a uh, well-off school and settle now in Canada, Mm. right? Like that was their vision, Mm -hmm. just to to survive and to struggle until I was at a good place. Mm. So that when I am able to have my own family, mm-hmm. um, they'd be much better off. Like I wouldn't basically like it's like a generational thing. Mm-hmm. You, you struggle less and less. Yes. Um, <coughs> because you hopefully get wealthier. Exactly. That's yeah. really the idea. Yeah. Um, but really, that's what it is. Right. Mm. Like if when you think about it, like immigrants that are here now, mm. first generation immigrants like us, for example, mm. we're still somewhat s- only surviving when mm-hmm. you think about it. Oh, yeah, for we're sure. We're only half surviving mm. and half thriving mm-hmm. because, you know, we don't have the privilege. Like, not all of us have the privilege. Like, I don't have a family here at all, mm. so I have to pay rent. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of people have to do that. Mm. They can save up because then they can get a house. Exactly, um, yeah. People have, uh, like I said, family's a huge thing. Like, I don't have someone I can go home to, mm. uh, have home food, mm. uh, go home and just rest sometimes. You don't get that privilege, and that all comes down to at the end of the day, your surroundings. Of course, and you're really just like at this point, I'm like trying to like just pass by, mm. save as much as I can, so mm. then my kids are better off. Exactly, because they'll be grown up in a society like here, exactly, where they don't have to worry about some of the things my parents did. Yeah, uh, had to worry about or I did. Yeah, so it's like every generation gets better and better. Mm. Hopefully, like as you're um, getting wealthier, basically. Yeah. But it's just so interesting, man. Like it we is. think we take things, something so granted. Trust it's me. wild, man. Like <sighs> I was like, house is probably the biggest one. Like, you know, like if I if I had my family here, man, I would just stay there until I could save up for a yeah. house. That's such a like for some people they don't realize how mm. big of a deal that is. It is man, yeah. that's a huge deal. Mm. You know how much you have to pay rent in Toronto. Mm. Like, that is wild, man. Yeah, literally like, you saying that right now is, like, r- giving me a reality check. Because I, I have dude. family here, and obviously I get to live with them. And obviously you're part of, like, when you come to Toronto, it's like the rush to live downtown dude. or live on your own. And that's how I felt when I first moved yeah, here. Because yeah. everyone has their own place. But then I'm like, yo, I'm calculating how much everybody's spending on rent. Bro, and how much you're saving. And then... How I'm like, oh, okay, like this is a pretty smart thing to do is to stay at home, pay off whatever debt I need to pay, save up for myself for the future that you can eventually end up investing in myself, right? For sure. And I'm still quite young, to be honest. It's not like I'm 30. And if you're 30, that's okay too. Like, (laughs) you can do you you type of thing. And even when you speak to people who are 30, 34, they say stay at your your family's place until. You have saved up enough for you to move out so that there's no like, oh, mom and pops, can you help me type of thing, right? You don't want to do that at the end of the day. Yeah, I mean, like, look, I hate, generally speaking, I hate when people say, 
or they shame people that are living with their parents. I actually hate that mm. because uh, when you think about it, they're saving. Well, it depends like what your agenda is. If you're just actually like not working and not doing anything, obviously, then um, then you're just like useless. Mm-mm. But if you're an individual that's working hard, saving up to eventually buy a house, mm. dude, more power to you. Like mm. why waste your money and go live downtown and be broke mm. and not have the opportunity to actually you know save up exactly for anything. yeah um so i personally when people are saying like oh this guy's living with his parents like dude first of all good for him yeah <laughs> second of all there's no shame in that exactly yeah, yeah um, for sure but it's just small things like that that people take for granted and it all comes back to i don't want to say white privilege but like privilege in general mm, privilege in general when mm. you have privilege you don't see these things trust and me. you don't understand trust me. at all like if i tell someone that's really wealthy being like man do you know what it's like mm. to live on your own and pay rent on your own and support mm. let's say i'm supporting my brother at this mm. point um that's a hard task to do mm. as a bachelor mm. essentially right like mm. i'm taking care of my brother my parents myself mm. um on a single income right mm. so it's really difficult but if you you know say that to someone that's a bit more privileged they'll never understand exactly and i think you we we can i don't know if we can ever get to a place where we can all come to an understanding of how we all struggle and how we all are trying to just survive Mm. um because i don't know man i feel like you have to really be in that situation to understand it but going back to panel talks it still helps right like yeah if you're able to voice your stories your experiences at least it shines that light of you know this is what i've been going through even though you're not you've never been through this Mm -hmm. and you may be really well off Mm -hmm. this is my side of the story yeah um at least they can try to empathize and then discussions could start from there. yeah no for sure they could definitely empathize with you for that um i mean like i guess like adding to your point there about like you're just basically you're basically just trying to survive 100%. and does do you ever like sit down and think like because you're just trying to survive that life is just going at you super duper fast yeah and especially yeah. in this hustle and bustle environment of Toronto it's you wake up you go to work you come back and for example you you're probably doing other side hustles like podcasting right yeah 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 there's constantly things going on in your life and you're with friends, you're with family, whatever it is, that your life is, like, running. Yeah. Running at this point. And, like, how how do we just sit back or how do we just slow down our lives at it, this point? It's so, man, that honestly speaks so true to me. Like, I feel like both of our situations here because mm. I think about it sometimes and I'm like, man, um, if I... If we were wealthy off, like mm. if we were well off, for example, I feel like I would not be doing what I'm doing right now. Mm. I would be doing things that I've been very passionate about. If I was like, if I was a millionaire, mm. I would be making YouTubes. I would probably be making music, mm. more podcasts, <coughs> creative stuff that um, would be like my passion. Mm. But it doesn't always generate money unless mm-hmm. you're like successful, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a risk that you're taking at the beginning. Um, and this is my way of honestly, like, balancing my life mm. and making me sane if i'm being mm. honest this is like my escape mm. when i'm with like my friends and sometimes like we're making music mm. or we're doing this podcast like this is my escape because this is at the end of the day like really my passion mm. um but i gotta survive right that's I gotta true still make money that's so true day i'm doing what i need to do to make money so that at night i can escape a little bit mm. do what i'm passionate about and balance the two mm. but um it's hard man i'll be honest like it's not easy 
um, by any means. Like everyone is going through uh, their own struggles. Mm. Even if you're well off, you're going through a struggle mm-hmm. on your own. Um, but especially in a city, big city like Toronto, like the days go by so fast, man. Yo. So fast. You go to work and you blink and it's already 5 p.m. Literally. And I'm like, man, I have thousands of things I need to do mm. um, outside of work. Like, um, so many things, man. Like, I have to, I still have to get my O hip. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I still haven't gotten oh, my O hip. Um, and it just goes to show, like, I'm not generally a lazy person. Maybe I might be a little bit, but it just goes to show, like, I literally don't have the time. Where I can take time off work mm. and stand in line for like 30, 40 minutes to mm. get my whole hip done. It's just that crazy. Like yeah. I literally have no time. But just trying to survive, man. Just trying to survive. That is a struggle. Yeah. One day, man. One day. But it's all going to pay off. It will pay off. This is one. Another question I like always ask myself is we are we are definitely, I don't know if we're better off than our how our parents were. Mm-hmm. Um, because anytime I want to complain to my parents, I get an earful. Yeah, right. For sure. 100%. So, and I spoke to one of my friends about this, and we were saying like how I think our generation complains a bit too freaking much. I would agree. You know, like yeah, we're extent. here to to, to, some to to some extent. We're obviously complaining in a sense where like we're seeing the unfairness and how things work in our society, and we're yeah. questioning it. Yeah. Well, before they just did what they had to do. Facts. But, you know, like, we're still alive. We have roofs over our heads. We have food to eat. Like, just the small things that we should be really grateful. But do we complain a bit too much? I think it's who you ask. I'll be honest. Like, generally speaking, I think as, like, like our generation, I think we do complain a little bit, mm. I will say. Um, and I think it comes from a place of privilege mm-hmm. because we've been given – pretty much everything mm-hmm. um so if there's a bit of an inconvenience yeah. at any point <laughs> yeah you know what i mean like mm. we have to complain a little bit um but again i think it, you got to ask the right people like of course there are people that have the right to complain um and by no means like i don't think like one person's um struggles is higher than any un- anyone else's mm. um I think like everyone struggles, mm-hmm. even if you're like I said, you're you're rich or not. Mm-hmm. Um, just because if, let's say, a rich person is going through depression and a poor person is going through depression, mm. doesn't mean that the rich person one outweighs you know the other. I mean? Yeah, like, yes, for sure, you have money and you yeah. have a roof over your head. Yeah, um, but it's still depression at the end mm. of the day, right? It's it affects rich or poor. It mm-hmm. doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know, man. I think we do complain a little bit. We're also a little sensitive, I would say, as well. Oh, for <laughs> you know what I mean. Like, for sure, I have like to, like watch my mouth. Oh, I speak. trust me, and I I'm think like, you like over. Ex- yeah, you over exaggerate. You like pity yourself way too quick. Like, I caught myself pitying or like almost yeah pitying myself today. So I'm currently looking for a job to change my job, and right. going back into the job market is quite stressful sometimes. Sure. And you're just like, oh my god, like damn, I got to do this all over again. Yeah. And it's not like, I should. I honestly shouldn't be complaining because it's great. There's so many options out there for me. Yeah. If there wasn't, I would have been super overwhelmed. For sure. But there's like something 
in me that's like, oh, like it brings Not my mood down. Yeah. No, trust Will me. Will I get this? Yeah. All this application process. All this application and process. And you're like, Latifa, chill. It's been like a yeah. day. Why are you, why are you yeah. like acting like this? And it's, and it's good for us to check ourselves a lot of the time to be like, Yo, there's other people who are jobless and still looking for jobs. Facts. You are lucky enough to even have, have a job, right? Yeah, yeah. And still be able to look for a job. So, yeah, we're definitely very sensitive um, and complain. But I think it's just having to always check yourself yeah, and make sure that you are like, you know what? Relax. Yeah. The other thing I also say is um, so this is something my mom told me and I always like revert back to it. Whenever I'm thinking when... So if I'm complaining about something or if I'm like, oh, I don't have this mm. or I need more of this, uh, whatever it may be. And everyone gets to that place at some point where it's like, why me? Mm. Uh, it's not uh, Life is so unfair to me. Mm. Um, and I remember when I was a kid, I was a really bratty kid and I would uh, complain a lot, even more than I do now. Um, I would always complain because we went to a fairly like well off school. Yeah. Right. And our friends were pretty well off mm. as well. So as a kid, you would compare yourself to others. Of right? course, You'd be like, yeah. Well, this kid has this and his parents do this. How come we don't do this? Mm. Um, and like your parents do whatever they can to make sure that you're living a good life. And mm -hmm. like you only think about it and reflect when you're older. Of course. You realize how much they went through to just yeah. give you what you wanted. Yeah. So I was a piece of shit now looking back <laughs> at it. Um, but this is something my mom always said. She said, you know, it's always good to look ahead and see where you want to be in life mm. when you compare yourself to others, for example. Like, when you look at other people that, let's say your goal is to be a millionaire, mm. as an example, um, it's good to look ahead and say, like, this is where I want to be, so I'm going to strive for that, mm -hmm. okay? But always look back and say, well, look at where I am right now mm -hmm. and look at where other people are that are not as privileged as I am mm. at all. And my mom would always say like, look at the people that are back home, let's say in Pakistan, mm. are in a very like poor country mm -hmm. where they have, like she, she was like, basically you could have been born in that uh, family, in mm. that society where you had nothing at mm. all. And all you were trying to do is survive, literally. Mm. Like you're basically living off a $1 a day. And be like, be grateful that even though you don't have much, you have way more than you think you do. And it's so true because we take these things for granted. For like sure. we're sitting right now complaining and we're in a condo. Literally. Uh, with our MacBook Pros. Literally. With our mics Go ahead. Hands, Go ahead. Check us. And uh, complaining about the cold. <laughs> Yet people outside are homeless, like living outside. Um, and I always think about that. Always. Whenever I need to like check myself, I'm like, man, I'm walking down the streets and I see homeless people mm. all over. And I'm like, man, you know what? Like, First of all, I'm so grateful that I have a jacket and a warm place to go in a city like this where it's freezing. Mm -hmm. And, man, I wish them well. Like, people that are struggling outside, mm -hmm. way worse than I am. Yeah. I really hope that they, you know, make it, basically, yeah. that they can survive. So that always stuck with me. And I always, like, basically tell people that are always complaining. I'm like, man, just, like, just look behind you, first mm. of all. And don't think, take things for granted, man. Like... You have so much that you should be happy and be privileged about, mm. but we never think about that. Agreed. Never. Agreed. Ever. Agreed. But agreed. And we're going to end that yeah. on the Ross <laughs> note uh, and the Ross thing that Hottie has said. 
So for those who are listening, this is probably the realest Yo, <laughs> episode that we've real. had. Yeah, on a cold, um, cold Toronto night. On a night. cold Toronto night. Um, so be grateful, guys. Pray and say your blessings to God that you have roofs over your head, food to eat, jobs to work at. Um, and pray for others who might be struggling too. Facts. Um, and pray for your family and friends and that they also have protection over them mm-hmm. and just be super grateful yeah. and no complaining. Don't complain. <laughs> <laughs> the story. Moral of the story. Do not complain. We'll be back next week complaining. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> As always. Um, but we are signing out. This was Two Peas in a Pod, episode 16. I am Latifa. And I'm Hottie. Peace. Peace. I don't have my back against the wall.